Macca. Hey, Shreddy. We're here for episode number 61 of Sports and Spit. 61. Wow. The NBA season preview for the 21-22 yeah. season. Are you excited? Get excited, mate. It's only a couple of days away. Very excited. A couple excited. of days? Yeah. What a season this one's going to be. The first, what, what, what's the first full season in a couple of years, right? Yeah. yeah. 82 game schedule on the slate. Yep. Yeah, COVID is in the rearview mirror for residents of the United States, not so much in the rearview of countrymen here in Australia, but certainly the, the guys in the States are ready for a full season of NBA basketball. I am excited, yeah. Trudy. What about you, mate? Are you excited? Well, I'm looking forward to it. There's not really a lot to do TV-wise um, <laughs> since the footy's finished. And, it's um, in a bit of a dead no, spot, isn't it? That, that kind of... It is. I, with all and due it, respect to the Women's Big Bash League... I, I, it is a, it, there's a gap in the schedule there for sure. And it's not quite hot enough for us to actually take an interest in cricket. No. So uh, mm. the NBA is good. And I think the popularity has exploded uh, for NBA. I think it just keeps on rolling. It's, it's yeah. like a um, you know, continual sort of a rolling tide of pop- popularity just growing. Yeah, before, like we get into, before we get into the, the season preview, right, and have a look at what we think is going to happen, what do you think about the explosion of popularity for the NBA Street? When you and I grew up, one of the reasons we're into basketball is because we were growing up and, and were influenced by that first explosion of NBA basketball when it was on Channel 10 and NBA Countdown was on on Saturdays. And, you know, the um, like Jordan and the Bulls had their halcyon days. And it, was, it was popular culture back then. And it died off for a while, right? And now it's back in what I think is an even bigger way, right? Like, I think it's even more popular in Australia now than it was back then. What do you think? I'd agree. Yep, I would definitely agree. And and I think, you know, uh, new media, new ways of consuming the content. I mean, the NBA are very good at uh, getting their product out there through all channels, you know, social media. They've got a really good app on on the phone. Um, You know, it's, it's their 75th anniversary this year, so they'll be pushing that pretty hard with, um, you know, constant, you know, greater mm. 75 teams because they, they, they did it. I mean, yeah. I, I remember, and you would too, the, the 50th year commemoration. Yeah. Yep. And they had the All-Star Weekend, the top 50 players of all time. And they did. more than likely yep. they'll, they'll do something similar this time around. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think there wasn't their plan. I think they were, they were talking about doing the next 50. Now, whether that, I don't, know, I don't think that meant, you know, players over time that were ranked 50 to 100. I think it meant, you know, who would be, Who'd be the top 50 that would be named today? So what's the the ones between now and, you know, the 50, what, who would be included? Yeah. You know, that would be a hell of a list to see who gets left off. Uh, from yeah, that's right. 50. So Yeah, you think the, the first 50, <clears throat> if you get 25 years later, yep. it may only be 15 to 20 of them who would actually still still make the cut. Yeah, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with some of the, uh, some of the athletes that you've got now, obviously, you know, the... That, that's one of the reasons I think it is so popular these days is because of the athleticism and the actual, and, and I think some of the rule changes that have meant that you're seeing scores regularly in the hundreds, not in the seventies and eighties. Um, and, you know, that, that can't be lost either. That what the NBA has done is chase fans and they've chased fans across the globe. So, you know, the introduction of inst- international stars like, you know, Nikola, Nikola Jokic and those guys, uh, you know, that has brought interest in this game across the world that like the likes I don't think we've ever seen. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Mm. And, you know, currently we've got a good crop of Aussies over there. Um, mm. You know, our, our success at Tokyo winning that bronze medal um, well, yep. is only going to increase the interest. You know, Paddy Mills is with a, a new team with the Nets. So mm. you know, that's, that's one of the, the favourites to win to win the championship. So Paddy Mills is going to yep. play, you know, a, a key role on, on a title contender who arguably have, you know, a couple of the biggest stars in the league and Harden and Durant. Yep. So, you know, a lot of airtime for those guys um, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got guys like Steph Curry, always popular, highly marketable. Yep. Um, LeBron always, the Lakers, reshaped team. Um, you know, got a young Aussie rookie in Giddy. Yep. You know? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think people are excited to see what he can do um, after some promising preseason performances. Yep. So, how do you want to do this, Trudy? Why don't we talk? Do you want to talk about just storylines or do you want to go east? And Eastern Conference, Western Conference, and talk about teams and individuals because yeah, there's so. plenty to talk about, right? That's right. I, I think we'll leave our storylines to close to the end because I yeah. uh, I'm going I'm to hit you with a question: as you know, I want you to forecast your number one storyline, yep. how it's going to play out. So when you look back at the yep. end of the season, yep, see how close your prediction becomes because I've I've got one, um, okay. yeah, um, and then um, yeah, we'll see if they're similar. Okay, they might be. Yeah. All right, they could very well be. So we'll start in the traditionally weaker Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an argument that can be made that maybe now the East is, in fact, stronger, the stronger of the two conferences. Well, I, top, top to bottom. Pretty decent argument. Like uh, depth-wise, I, I would say that the teams, you know, it's, it's probably a, it's a slightly, I think, it, I think it's a slightly more competitive race than the West these days. Um, yeah. But I always, I've probably always, deferred from the east is better than the west or west is better than the east argument so that's so circumstantial depending on the year right like clearly yeah. the west for a while was a lot more dominant had a lot more people like a lot more superstars over there but now mate there's just some fantastic teams in the east do you do you have a clear winner coming out of here and 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 if so why isn't it the brooklyn nets well i think the brooklyn nets would be my number one pick with mm. or without Kyrie, is that uh, right? So even with even without Kyrie Irving, you think they're the favourite? Yep. Yeah. I, I you mean, don't think that's a big disruption for them, Street? They don't have him, and if he's in or out, then you still think they're the best team in the East. I don't think he'll play much mm. at all. Um, if he, you know, if he continues with this, um, you know, stance that he's taken. Um, yeah. Yeah. In saying that, you know, like you'd like to like to read the tea leaves and go, okay, well, you know, in a perfect world, I think Kyrie, you know, will hopefully come to his senses and realise that the platform he has and the message he wants to get across is is holds more weight, um, of, you know, if he's actually out there playing. If if he's if he's not present, mm. then you know, is he really going to be heard? Do you think? Yeah. Well, and do you think that there could be a little bit of, um. Like I guess you know attention-seeking behaviour in all of this for the cause that he's supposedly representing. So for those of the for those of people who don't know, Kyrie Irving is obviously uh, not with the Brooklyn Nets at the moment because he refuses to get even one dose of the COVID-19 vaccination. Now under New York state laws, he that means that he's not allowed to play in home games for the team. So he would miss 41 of the team's 82 home game or 41 of the 82 regular season games 
sorry, 43 of them because you would include two home games against the Knicks. Right? Who the Knicks? Two away games against the Knicks, I think. Yeah. So, so the reality here is, is that he is doing that or he has said he is doing that in order to bring attention to the vaccination mandates requiring people to be vaccinated in order to work because he believes that that's unfair, right, and people shouldn't be forced to do that. But the problem here, Shridi, is, is he, haven't, he hasn't said much about why. He hasn't really come out and said it wide and far. And he's not in the actual mainstream media saying it. He's almost still resistant to talking to the mainstream media because last year he was a huge distraction for that team. He went walkabout for a while. He wouldn't talk to the mainstream media like during training camp. He steadfastly refused on the basis of principle and got fined a lot of money for it. This guy is a grade A head case, you know. Yeah, um, it's almost like he comes he, back. He, right. It's like he won that championship with the Cavs, and then he's like, "All right, I've done it now, so I can just go and you know do what I want," sort of thing. And well, and it it's just been a, a slippery slope for him. And he, the same thing happened was with the Celtics. He kind of just he ran himself out of town. Well, absolutely. They basically got rid of him because he was too much drama. He was too much trouble because, and it, and it, it, it's interesting to see now that, you know, when basically when that, that partnership with LeBron split up in Cleveland, people kind of threw LeBron under the bus and said, well, he's kind of leaving Kyrie Irving stranded there in Cleveland and, you know, and he's bailing for Los Angeles and all this kind of stuff. I, I wouldn't mind betting that LeBron probably saw the writing on the wall and went, Nobody can control this lunatic. Like, you know, he's mm. as crazy as they come. I can't. I don't want to go through this with somebody and, you know, chase championships with somebody who might be there or might not be there. But, you know, I I think that he might get vaccinated and turn up very soon before the first game, mate. Well, in New York, you only need to have one shot. That's right. You only need one. That's right. You only need one. And the, the other thing too, the other two biggest markets is that where he's going to miss games is in L.A., in mm-hmm. San Francisco. So that's, you know, yeah. two, two games against the Lakers and Clippers and then the game against the Warriors. Yeah, well, uh, I think they recently changed the mandate, those two, two, two regions or jurisdictions, okay. to not last have to cover the visiting players. So I think no, right. visiting players of, of that, like, so if you had to travel there for work or something, that, that mandate didn't apply to you. So I think he'd still be able to play those games. But that, even that aside, if that's not the case, I might be mistaken. But, but the reality is, is that you're not playing half your team's games. What about the playoff street? Like, what about when they go through the playoffs and you don't have him for your home games there? Because that's only regular season games. And yeah. they'll be in the playoffs. And so what, what comes down to a game seven, if your team's earned a home, t- like a home court advantage and he doesn't get to play? Mate. Yeah. That you, there's no wonder the team said to him, "You are you're either in wholeheartedly or you're out." We can't manage. He's, he's definitely got one over him because, you know, he, he's got one over him in the sense that he's not going to play because mm. of his stance he's taken. Yeah. But also too, he's screwed in the sense that they can't trade him because no no one is going to trade for him. No, absolutely not because, Un- <clears throat> because unless he's a team in Florida or Texas. <laughs> exactly right, but but also because he's only got a year left before he can opt out into unrestricted free agency. And and he and he basically has said that I, I don't want to play anywhere else. This is where I chose to play. I probably won't report anywhere else. I might just retire. He's absolutely likely to do that or take a year off, right? Like <laughs> he 
he doesn't care and he would probably travel the flat earth or something you know so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i mean if kari if kari isn't there then um i still think that there's enough um offensive you know firepower and it's just more ball for kevin durant and james harden and sure yeah if there's more <laughs> there's more ball for those guys then yeah. that's worse for everybody True. else who they play um look i think they I, I think the Nets without Kyrie Irving come back to the pack, but I still think they're in the top two or three teams in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and what I foresee if Kyrie Irving's out, um, I think Patty Mills um, mm. won't be the start won't be the starter. Mm-hmm. I think James Harden will play point guard, and someone like Bruce Brown um, or Paul Millsap will come into the starting five. Yep. Uh, sure. So Patty Mills might be a bit of a smoky for the Sixth Man of the Year award. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he almost took it out last year in San Antonio, didn't he? He was in the running. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, I think the Nets' biggest problem is going to be their front court depth and defence, just whether they're, uh, they're big enough. And yeah. that could be problematic should they come up against a uh, big team from the West who will cover absolutely. soon. What about... Who else you got the... Well... Defending champs. Well, What's the your defending champs. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, mate, I... Uh, my thoughts on the Bucks are: I can't see how they got any better over the off season. I, I I can see where they might have got worse. Like I can see where they lost a few guys. So they lost PJ Tucker, right? Like he went to Miami. And defensively, I think that makes them weaker. Did they get anybody? I I can't recall them signing anybody to replace. Yeah, you know, not anybody of note. Grayson Allen, your mate. I said somebody of note. Like, as much as I respect <laughs> Grayson's career at Duke. Well, mate, do you know what he's there for? Yeah. He's there to kick Durant in the nuts in the playoffs. That's what he's no, there for. <laughs> he's there to, to antagonise. He, yeah. yeah. Look, uh, as much as, you know, as I said, as much as I respect every person that went to Duke and would hold them in great esteem, I don't think he's going to basically help them that much, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I probably see them. I don't think they'll defend their championship, I think. They'll, they'll be good because if you've got Enter Decompo, then you're going to be good. You know, him going downhill at anybody's, you know, going to help you. And he, in preseason, he looked like he might have at least got some more confidence in his shot, at least pulling up as he came down. So that'll only make him more threatening. Um, yeah. Uh, but, mate, I can't see them doing too much. What about you? Do you think they'll go all right? Uh, I, I don't think they'll win. <clears throat> I think um, I think last year they, they caught a few breaks. Um, mm. Their coach, uh, Coach Bud, Budenholzer probably had the, the biggest get out of jail <laughs> escape um, known known in coaching history. I mean, he was gone um, mm. in that series. Yeah. If it wasn't for, you know, Kevin Durant wearing a size 15 or 16 instead of a size 13, yep. then yep. his his tenure as coach would have mm. ended and then there'd be a, a different different guy coaching him. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, um, I, I don't think that they'll, they'll, they'll win it. They'll, they'll be in the mix. Um, you know, you're always in the mix when you've got the Greek freak, you know. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. It's going to be even better, yep. um, you know. Um, mm. You know, uh, we've got Atlanta Hawks, the other Eastern Conference finalists. Yeah. Um, they were maybe just a bit like Phoenix in the West, you know. The ball broke their way and you know, they sort of, you know, were maybe a year or two ahead of, of where they should have been. Yep. Um, but I think they'll be a year better off because they'll have some stability with Nate McMillan being the coach for the whole year. Um, yeah. Like they did, they lost their head coach halfway through the year last year, and that's disruptive. Doesn't matter what yep. you say, that's that's disruptive. I think they'll be up there. A lot of people are saying the Miami Heat might be in the top four of the East, or like will likely. What's, what's I think your they're too thought? old. 
I agree. Yeah, I think mm. they're they're a bit too old as a roster. I think that's an overestimation of the way Miami will be. I think they'll have chemistry problems there because I don't think people like um, uh, Duncan Robinson is as good as what you think. And you know they added Kyle Lowry. Um, they did add PJ Tucker, which is great for the playoffs because his defensive intensity will help you. But man, I can't see. I cannot see them doing too much else. It's just whether or not they have enough offense. You know, the, mm. the tools are there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but, yeah. you know, it might be health and durability with some of their older guys that probably are going to be the yep. key to their success. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Chicago Bulls retool. They've got a new look roster. A bit of hype around them, but can't see it really oh, I don't, going well I, for them. No, I don't buy that. I think I think they'll, they'll, they'll be in the trade market come the All-Star game. Come February, in the, the trade deadline, I think they'll be looking to shift some of those guys. Yeah. Um, would be my, my – I. what do you think about the Knicks? Will the Knicks come good, mate? Or is, oh, I, think, I that... think they're a playoff team, but they're probably in the five to eight range, five being a really good season, more than likely a six, seven or eight. Yep, um, sure. You know, health is going to be their biggest issue, like mm-hmm. any team. Yep. Health is, is the number one foil for, for all 30, 30 teams. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if the Knicks have enough offense, um, even with Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, Randall. Yep. Um, their success is going to lie in their defense again. They've got a good de- uh, good defensive coach. Yep. Um, you know, but it's always good to, to watch them play on TV because that Madison Square Garden crowd is always pretty raucous. So yeah, the TV pretty, experience yeah. of watching a good Knicks team has always been good. Yep, absolutely. Especially come playoff time. Like that's who yes. comes alive during the playoffs, yeah. And and that that was probably one of the most classic playoff series where Trey Young last year basically took it to that whole Madison Square Garden crowd and and basically threw down the gauntlet to them. That's you know that reminds you of you know like the Reggie Miller Spike exactly. Lee days, like you know that he couldn't have written that script better, mate. Like that was amazing. Like you I was know, just about to say the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What about the upstart Charlotte Hornets? I think uh, much like the Hornets of the Early 90s, I think yep. this Hornet squad are going to capture the imagination of all the youngsters. So they'll be yeah. a highly marketed team uh, yep. in terms of merchandise and TV time yep. because of, you know, LaMelo Ball and, and the young roster they got. Pretty exciting yeah. young team. Absolutely. Yeah, they're young. They're athletic. They're, they're exactly what the league wants right now from a from an exposure perspective. Um, I, you know what? I can see these guys going on a bit of a run and getting into the playoffs. Um, yeah. But... Uh, they won't go far because, you know, I think they are a bit too young and they probably don't have the right mix of players. But, uh, you know, watching, you know, watching those guys do their thing is pretty exciting. Um, I'm intrigued to see how LaMelo Ball continues to develop. Like, he's been way better than anyone thought he was going to be. But, yep. um, you know, I like it's funny, right, because you talk about that team as being, you know, athletic, young, pretty exciting. And then one of their stars is Gordon Haywood, who is like the antithesis of that. He's he's not young, he's not exciting, and he's not athletic anymore. So, and white guys in Hornets uniforms have just never looked right. I, yeah, it just doesn't fit, right? So, but it's, it's cool. It's, like, yeah, it's good to see mm. the Melo Balls team. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. What about Strudy? What about the whole? What about the Boston Celtics, right? Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Coaching change. So Brad Stevens goes to the front office. Um, how do, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Is it Udico or Udico? Yeah, 
Imi Udaka. Imi Udaka. Imi Udaka. There you go. Yep. Imi Udaka, new coach. Can't even pronounce his name. What do you think of the Celtics? Um, playoff team. Tatum might be in for a big year. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's. You know, he might lead the lead the league in scoring this year. Um, yeah. He he might be in the top four, sort of five in the, in the MVP race, but sort of you know, if he's top five, he might be a distant fifth. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the Celtics will be competitive. Um, I just don't know if they have enough uh, behind Tatum and, and, and Tatum may be ready to make the leap. Yeah. But are the rest of the Celtics willing to go with him? Yeah. I think big time chemistry problems here in the, in the garden this year. I think these guys are going to struggle to gel together. I think you've got too many guys that are trying to prove themselves in the league as being better than what they've been represented as. Right. So um, Dennis Schroeder, who missed out, well, yeah. Um, he didn't miss out. He, he, he what was he himself. doing? What was he doing? <laughs> I can't wait to the, the 30 for 30 in a few years' time where it just mm. chronicles or all, all the podcast series yep. about Dennis Schroeder's blown contract deal and it, it right. cost him. What did he turn down? It was 60, it? 60. It was, yeah. It was, it was really 100 million over four years or five years. It was crazy. Yep. It was at least twenty million a year, whatever it was, four or five years. It was so that, at twenty. The, the Lakers threw that offer on the table basically at the start of last year to prevent him from becoming a free agent, and he turned it down with a view to getting a better deal somewhere else. And what did he end up with? One year deal with with the Celtics. Six million. Right? Six million dollars. Yeah, mate, that kid must be ready to fire his agent. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you talk about chemistry. You know, if you've got a guy that missed out on all that money and he's signing a one-year deal, yep. he's, he's obviously got something to prove. And then, you know, his backcourt partner is going to be Marcus Smart, who just, uh, got fined and suspended for, for skipping a team flight. He just missed the team flight. This is what I'm saying to you, right? Like, like so Dennis Schroeder is trying to prove that he's the superstar, but it deserves the $100 million contract. Um, Al Horford's trying to prove that he's the superstar that deserves the contract that he actually has. Um, you know, and he's old and probably doesn't deserve it anymore. Jalen Brown is probably that guy who's always had a chip on his shoulder and probably isn't going to want to give too much up. I can see that. I just can't see how these guys would fit together, you know. Uh, I think it's going to be a lean year for the Celtics. I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think they're yeah. going to be pretty good. So. And their bench looks looks pretty lean. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. um let's jump west for a minute because I want to mm-hmm. leave the elephant into the in the room until last. <laughs> right on, no worries. Yeah. So the Western Conference at face value appears, when you look at all the team logos, a little more mm. competitive. Some um, some good uh, good storylines emerging from that in the sense that you know we look at the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Start there. Clay Thompson's due back. Uh, yep. Steph Steph Curry's dropping forty in a preseason game, so he's coming out with something to prove, and the Warriors are going to want to get off to a fast start after last year's slow start. Yep. A um, couple of young rookies, uh, draft picks, uh, lottery yeah. picks in this squad, plus last year's number two pick, Wiseman, who mm-hmm. had a bit of an interrupted year, yep. and he's got he's got something to prove. What, yep. what do we see from the Warriors? Uh, I think they'll be much improved from last year. I, I think um, I think actually, to be honest, like last year they probably I'm not saying that they cruised, but but I think 
they they definitely they're a team that has rebuilt really quickly with some really smart savvy drafting and a couple of other other things and and I think they'll be just as good as what they have been in the past. I think they'll be a big surprise. They'll be very competitive this year. I mean, they're, they're pretty good in the sense that they can read the room well. I mean, last yep. year they're right. Okay, well, we don't have play. We've got a, we've got a rookie number two pick as our starting centre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then a few injuries happen. We're like, all right, well, let's just call this early. Yeah. Um, you know, position ourselves for some lottery picks and draft picks. We, I know we've, we've got some incoming stuff from the Timberwolves. You know, we'll see how the how the trade situation goes. Yep. Then you know they've they may have uh, played it perfectly and they, they come back and you know. Yep. Potential fifty-win team, top four or five seed, and then you know, yep. Like we always say, if uh, if they're healthy, come the end of the year, well, we we know they're dangerous. And the way basketball is played now, yep, absolutely. Don't need to have need to have a dominant center. You know, you can have a role-playing center, and yep. then as long as you got uh, Clay and Steph doing what they used to do, yep. they're always a shot. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And that would be just as exciting to watch, right? And um, yeah, and I think good that was- good, good TV team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely, and they'll they'll surprise a lot of teams, and they'll go on they'll go on runs of winning, you know, five to seven games in a row, and that that's a that's a long way to building a forty to fifty plus win season, you know, yeah. um, that can help a lot. So, what about um, but like, do you see someone kind of coming out of okay, so like in the West, you've got the top three, obviously being the Phoenix Suns, who are in the NBA Finals last year. The Lakers, because of obviously who they retooled, and the Jazz, because they've been perennially up there. But do you see anyone coming out of the top, the, like that next layer down with the Warriors? Like, you know, I tell yeah. you, who I, I, yeah, who? Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, really. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because you love Luka Doncic. Well, it's hard. It's hard not to. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah. I actually think no. I think the Mavericks will have a good year. Um, mm. I think Jason Kidd, um, first year coach. I think he will be number one or two in terms of contention for the coach of the year. Really? I think I think, I th- I think the Mavericks will be a, will have home court in the sort of first round of the playoffs. Be a top four seed. Really? Mate, I think honestly, Luka, Luka, I... Luka Doncic is top two for the MVP this year. Oh, uh, look, okay. big big so... year coming. I was just about to say I couldn't disagree more with what you've said except for that point. I agree with the point that Luka Doncic will probably be top two MVP, if not MVP, right, Um, because he's that good a player. But uh, they haven't signed anybody, Streety. Porzingis is not the player that people thought he was when he was after with New York. Mate, and I tell you, Jason Kidd is a horrible coach. A horrible yes. coach, a terrible coach. He is not going to get coach of the year. He'd be lucky well, to still have his job. But, right? but do you know I get it though? A lot, of, a lot of these coach of the years get it off the back of someone having an MVP year. Mm. Yeah, things yeah. like that. So it's, it's not going to be because Jason <clears throat> Kidd's a great coach. Yeah, be because he's coach of a team that had the best player in the league who overachieved. But. Um, Yes, I get that, but there is no way the league is giving a MVP and a coach of the year to one team, especially not the Dallas Mavericks, unless they go 82 and 0, mate. Right? Like that is not going to happen. Ever. I think if the, if the Mavs win 55 games, it's very realistic that both those will happen. And I can tell you this right now, the Mavs are not winning 55 games, my friend. Luca is good. I know you love him. He's not that good. I mean, and he is going to have to Honestly, I like 
like, okay, so a couple of years ago, this speech would have been given to anyone on the Milwaukee Bucks team. It's the water boy speech, right? Where you come in and, he, and the coach says to you, Luca can't win this for us. We've all got to step up, right? Luca is not the superstar and we've all got to play our role. And then everyone walks out of the, the locker room and you grab Luca and pull him aside and say, you're going to have to do this for us, mate, because there isn't anybody in here that's any good, right? You're going to have to win it for us. That is the speech that Jason Kidd will be ending up giving Luka Doncic every single night, right? If we're going to win, you're going to have to do it for us because nobody here is any good. So, well. I think there'll be big, big players at the trade deadline and um, watch this space. I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be pretty active. I think, I think they know that they need to pair Luka with someone else and I, I think they'll eventually get someone. All right. Well, you've made a wild and crazy statement about the Dallas Mavericks. Let me make what's, a wild and crazy one? Denver Nuggets, right? Yep. The Denver Nuggets. And it might not be as wild and crazy as you think, but I think the Denver Nuggets will be in the NBA Finals. So is their second half of the season going to take off once Murray comes back? Because they don't have him for the first bit because of his knee. Yep, but they don't need him at the moment because of it, without it, like because of his knee. He can rehab, they're fine. They are stacked. Man, they are absolutely stacked. I cannot see how people don't see that. Like, Jokic is going to be fitter. He's going to be better. Uh, he's going to be a year older. Michael Porter Jr. is going to play out of this skin because he's been paid now. They've got Aaron Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Be, be, because he's been paid? You know what's a bit of a struggle there? You know what I didn't realise? He's also not vaccinated for COVID-19, right? So really. I, I don't know how much of a disruption something like that would be for them. He's he's quite religious, apparently, from mm. from what I understand. I, okay. I didn't know that. Didn't yeah. know that vaccination thing. Well, I There's just another guy I from... just I picked it up in a story the other day. It wasn't like a Kyrie Irving situation. He just said that he's had COVID nineteen twice, and as a young fit person, he now believes that he's got the antibodies that he would get from a vaccine anyway. So there's no point in getting it. He's been listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. I think mm. that's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's some of the narrative coming out of that. I yep. mean that. I mean, you know, I don't have any medical expertise, but that generally is a is a school of thought that has a lot of traction. Um, mm. If you've already had it twice and your antibodies are better than what you can get from vaccine, what's the point? Yeah, yeah well, that's what he's saying. But I don't know. But look, honestly, I think the Denver Nuggets, mate, they are my smoky coming out of the West. I think they'll be in the NBA Finals. Yeah, okay. I mean, mm. they're pretty pretty solid team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and that's because, and I'll, and I'll go down the list really quickly, the Lakers, too old. Right, too old. They're just too old. Those guys, <clears throat> they Carmelo Anthony, please, like he's not the Carmelo Anthony of old, right? Um, and Anthony Davis is going to go down with another injury. Uh, always does. Yep. Um, and Russell Wells, Westbrook's a head case who's never been able to play with anybody that he thinks is better than him anyway. So, um, good luck with that. That's a ticking time bomb. That whole team, right? That's they've just. They've tried to go all in and get another championship for LeBron before he basically hangs them up and does a couple of victory laps around the league. Mate, they're not going to they're not going to be in the NBA Finals at least. They'll be very competitive, but they won't be in the NBA Finals. Who uh, do you see out of the following two as being in the biggest amount of trouble? Hmm. The Utah Jazz or the New Orleans Pelicans? Oh, well, the Jazz will have a better year than the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> I don't think that – so the Jazz are closer to the NBA – to going to the NBA finals than the Pelicans are to making the playoffs. 
if that makes okay. sense. Right? Can can the Jazz recover from that almighty meltdown and some of their uh, internal mm. turmoil that they faced in the playoffs last year with Don- Donovan Mitchell, you know, being I'm ready but being ruled out and all that sort of stuff, and there there was those issues. Those issues with Gobert seem to be, you know, um, ironed yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, think Utah I think, might, I think, might regress a little bit record-wise. I think they'll regress a bit record-wise, but that I don't think that'll be because of chemistry. I think that'll just be because they, their guys are too old. Like yeah. Joe Ingles is too old. They started to move him to the bench last year. He's not the player that he used to be. I love the guy, but he's not the player that he used to be. Um, Rudy Gobert's not the player that he used to be either, right? Yeah. Um, Donovan Mitchell will step up and start carrying that team even more than he already probably does. Um, but that'll only get you through a regular season with a good record. It won't get you through the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, for a team that traditionally doesn't draw a lot of free agents, they did pretty well in solidifying their bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Pascal from the Warriors, Rudy Gay from San Antonio, Hassan Whiteside, yeah. good defender, but well, mm. in terms of blocking shots, he, he chases blocks. I don't know what he actually does um, yeah. in terms of, you know, Taking players away from the basket, and then Joe Ingles yeah. off the bench. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you worried about Zion? Um, no, no one knew that he actually had foot surgery in the off season. Um, <laughs> two weeks ago, they said, "Oh, we're hoping he, he, he can run in two weeks." And people were like, "What?" Uh, yeah. Um, yes, I'm very worried about the Pelicans, and I'd be very worried about Zion's longevity in that organization. But I think you're seeing exactly what happened with Anthony Davis down there too, right? Like. I mean, you know, this this is a franchise that's I don't think very well run, and they don't hang on to good guys very often. And when you, if you're an athlete and you go and have surgery without telling your team that pays you millions of dollars, something's going wrong there, right? Like either you don't trust the doctors, you know, any or or you don't give a shit about the team and you want out, and that's the way you're doing it. That's just that's probably just as blatant as what Ben Simmons is doing in Philadelphia, except yeah. you're, just, you're just not being, you, like, you're not being quite as transparent about it. Yeah. So, or it's just I think, not being really reported. I agree. Yeah. And I reckon, you know, eventually Zion will end up with the Knicks. I think everybody in the NBA would actually love that to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think that in Zion going to the Knicks eventually, Mm. Um, I don't think there'll be a heap of resistance from the league to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Because I think that uh, the NBA look at what the NHL have just done with a pretty successful Seattle Kraken joining the league up there. Yep. Yep. Sure. Um, and I think you know the league would be very very keen to move back into that Seattle market. And I would be all surprised if eventually New Orleans gets relocated, sold, relocated up to Seattle. Mm. Supersonics are back, baby. That's what we want to yeah. see. <laughs> Don't we just? We'd love to be talking about the Supersonics back in the um, back in How the playoff. Loved it. Be, what yeah. a great team the Supersonics were. Well, talking about great teams from the time that we grew up. What about the Phoenix Suns? They were back last year, Streety. Absolutely back in the NBA championship, in the NBA finals, I should say. Not too far from a championship, but they couldn't get over the line. Are they better this year or are they have they regressed? I think I think talent wise, there's mm. they're, they're still good, you know what I mean? They have that. But they had a Bradbury-esque run in, into that finals. You know, Chris Paul yeah. did have his, his own injury issues with that. 
yeah. but the things definitely went right for Phoenix. And, and when things go right for you, have to capitalise it. Um, you know, they they led two 0 in the finals. It was and yeah. they, they were crowning Chris Paul the champion already. Yep, you know, definitely. Um, great yeah. freak come back from one of the craziest knee injuries I've ever seen that you end up mm. not being that hurt from, which is you know still a bit of a mind boggler. It's a bit crazy. So I'm not sure whether or not, yeah, whether the opportunity was there for the Suns and they didn't take it. Um, yeah. How many how many mental scars are going to be there from that? Um, mm. You know, and then you know you got. Well, it's a bit about it, it is a bit about how they handle this, right? Did they did they learn from the experience or did they did, are they are they going to be you know are they going to be rattled by it I guess like by getting yeah. out close and not getting over the line they'll, they'll be competitive and they they should be a top four team because mm-hmm. you know you can't not get back to the top four unless something catastrophic happens in terms of you know Booker being out for the year or whatever but um, yeah you know, they they may be a contender for the the best record in the league yeah um, sure. But you know, it could it could also in the same vein go to the shit for them. They are pretty young. Yep. Um, you know, uh, is their bench going to be good enough? Um, you know, I love their starting five. Um, mm. Yeah. It's just more of a traditional starting five. You know, yep. your big man, your, your backcourt, and then your role playing wings. We were both yep. good defenders. I'm a big fan of Mikhail Bridges. I still think yep. the Sixers have nightmares about trading that guy on draft night. Yep, definitely. Um, yep. That was and, one, one, just, one of the great what ifs. Just today, he got paid big time, right? He got his extension. Oh, did he? Yeah. How much yeah, was yeah. that? Uh, I think it was around $90 million, I'm pretty sure. Over four or five? Uh, four years. Let me have a look. I'm not really sure. No, he got 20 paid. to $25 million guy? Wow. Yeah, it was about $25 million a year, I think. So um, basically, yeah, about $20 million a year, I think. Yeah, four years, $90 million. So um, rookie contract extension. Yep. So he's... um. Yeah, he's done very well for himself. What it probably means, though, so I think when you look at their salary cap, um, trying to re-sign DeAndre Ayton uh, for they already did, didn't they? No, no, he hasn't agreed to a deal. That's one of that's one of the things that I think is a big storyline coming out of Phoenix. They didn't give him. They haven't haven't agreed on contract terms yet. So I said so I think the way the Suns will go here is will depend entirely on how DeAndre Ayton responds to that, right? If Chris Paul, with all of his experience and all of his emotional intelligence as a person, can bring DeAndre Ayton around to saying, fuck them, let's show them how good you are and the fact that you deserve to get that money, um, then they'll go well. If they lose him and he loses motivation because of it and doesn't want to play hard for the team because they wouldn't pay him, Mate, I think they could be in some drama. Um, yeah, and that's wow. that's a big risk by the franchise not signing into that deal. It may, I, I don't, I, I think now the deadline's passed for him to sign that extension. So I think, and you would have thought after the playoffs that he would have signed the first day eligible because he, he was great in the playoffs. And then, yep. you know, if you're eight, you kind of go, mm. well, if I, if I look back at Chris Paul tape over the years. Mm-hmm. All the big guys he's played with in a pick and roll situation have always benefited. You know, he made Tyson yeah. Chandler look like mm-hmm. an all star. You know, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and those guys and those early Hornets teams, and then you know Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan with the with the Clippers. Just yep. be on be on on the end of lobs, catch it, mm. do what you're supposed to do, listen, and then you and then you get your payday. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I think they basically have to agree with Aiton on a rookie extension by about five o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. 
like so yeah. on on Monday in the states. So otherwise, you know, that's it. They can't sign him to the rookie extension. And Big so, down in the US, it's an Apple keynote, yeah. and then um, the news on DeAndre eight in the afternoon. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see. So what so about yeah. our man Josh Giddy with the Thunder? That's exciting. What? Yeah, absolutely. Like obviously, the Thunder aren't going to be within earshot of the playoffs. There, yeah. they probably may very well be hmm. one of the worst teams in the league record-wise. Yeah, but that's yep. obviously not what the Thunder. It's, it's not their objective. They're stockpiling. Yep, they're developing talent. They've they've got a, a long-term view on this, and they're still hunting picks. Yep, um, absolutely. You know, in five years, they they might be good. Um, are you surprised where Giddy went in the draft and? Even more surprised with how he's been going in the preseason. Uh, I'm not surprised where he went in the draft because I think that shows about how much respect the like the NBL, where he has played and where he's come from gets compared to the NCAA, right? And I think it's getting a lot of respect. I think the NBL is growing a lot in terms of the respect that it gets. But I think where he where he went is a bit reflective of probably where I thought he would go. I think though by the end of this season he will compare a lot better to a lot of the guys that went before him. I think he's a more complete player than they realize. Um, yeah. And and he's got a lot more of a mature head on his shoulders from having played in a professional league. So I think there'll be a lot of guys that were picked above him that won't have as good a year as what he will have. But I think that's also because he's he's genuinely going to a team that's really shit and he'll get a lot of opportunity to be good, right? Yeah. So he'll, he'll get exposed to a lot of basketball and develop really quickly um, because he's one of those guys that's a bit like a sponge and, and he absorbs the learning really quickly So from yeah. what I've seen and develops really quickly. So uh, I'm really intrigued to see how he goes, mate. What do you think of him? I didn't see a heap of him in the NBL when he played, um, mm. but when I saw his stat lines and the numbers, and actually, you know, saw a, a little bit um, of the Sixers or Thirty Sixers play, yep. um, I was impressed. Um, yep. You mm. know, it, it's a, it's a pity, but I don't think it would have mattered in the end that, that he didn't get to play in Tokyo. It would mm. have been nice to see him play in, in that Boomers rotation, but mm. you know, it all it worked out well for everybody in the end. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got the. Well, he was never going to. He was never going to play there. It was just too close to the draft. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you can't put that at risk, right? No, that's no, crazy. No, no. Um, yeah, the Thunder are going to be one of those league pass teams that you'll probably, you know, watch the twelve-minute highlight games and just uh, and scroll through the giddy snippets here and there. Um, he, he's yeah. definitely because he's an Aussie, a guy to keep keep tabs on. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good, you know. I kind of it's it's important for Australian basketball that that he does well. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah. You know, all, all those kids in those junior pathway programs, you know, Giddy is kind of like that 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 beacon. You know what I mean? Like if, if Giddy Absolutely. can do well, yep. I'm Definitely. a kid from Australia. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. the most athletic ta- athletically talented dude. Mm-hmm. Giddy can do it, then mm-hmm. I can do it, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think I think as a as a as a nation, basketball Australia probably should invest a lot of, a lot in Giddy. In terms yeah. of you know marketing the sport back to Australia, yeah, absolutely, uh, and us yeah. us us pushing his image and likeness, you know, um, for well, the like, thunder over there. I, I think he's probably going to be, you know, with all of, and we'll talk about Ben Simmons later, but but with all of 
Ben Simmons' current reluctance to play for the Boomers. I think Josh Giddy is most likely to lead the Boomers into that next era um, as a nine, currently a 19-year-old, whereas Ben Simmons is 25. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot of difference. Ben Simmons is still a young guy. He's got a lot of basketball ahead of him, even and hopefully a lot of international basketball. But Josh Giddy could be that guy who takes the Boomers from this era to the next one and maintains that success, right? Um, mm. So because he does have a game that would suit and translate very well to the international game as well. Um, yep. and, and so I think he would be very successful at that level. Uh, I am disappointed we didn't get to see what he could do at Tokyo, and I think it probably would have helped his draft stock, but I understand yep. completely why he wouldn't have wanted to play. So Yeah, and mm. um, he's projected as a starter, Kitty. So. Yep, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the type of thing I'm not surprised at. I think he will... I think he's played his way into that spot through both training camp and preseason. And I, I, I don't think he'll give it up, mate. I think unless he gets an injury or something, I think he'll be very hard to push out of that starting spot. He's yeah. in the NBL last year for the 36ers. He was very dependable, very composed with the ball in his hands. And he was able to create shots. It's a bit like you said, where he made, where Chris Paul makes guys look better on the pick and roll. Well, Josh Giddy made Isaac Humphreys look really good. And Isaac Humphreys is really good. I get that for the NBL. But but Josh Giddy improved. Like when, when Giddy went down, so did Isaac Humphreys' game, you know. Um, it wasn't quite as effective, wasn't quite as dominant because yeah. he didn't have someone feeding him. He, is, he sees the floor very well. He's very composed with the basketball in his hands and makes a good decision, a lot like your mate Luka Doncic. Well, do you think Andrew Gaze got a bit excited when he started comparing Giddy to Doncic? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, it's not to say that Giddy couldn't develop into somebody that had, plays a very similar game to Luka Doncic, where you know it looks like he's going really slow, but no one can get the ball out of his hands, and he uses his size really well and gets to a good spot to get a shot off. Um, that could be Giddy, but he's got a long way to go to develop a shot to do that. That's all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Andrew Gaze might have got slightly overexcited. Yeah. Um, going down to Houston, they have the number two pick in the draft, Jalen Green, who mm-hmm. actually I think will win the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, Rockets, um, maybe a, a trash fire or one of your league pass favourite teams. It'll go one way or the other. Uh, uh, I yeah, I'd probably describe them as trade bait, to be honest. Trade bait? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's every chance Green could average 20 a game. Be, yeah, and it, he'll, be, he'll, be a bit similar to, he'll be a bit similar to Josh Giddy and that he'll benefit really well by having, you know, by playing for somebody that's that a bit rubbish and you'll get heaps of opportunities, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think um Cunningham was the number one pick wasn't he Cade Cunningham in the, yep. in, in the Pistons went, went to Detroit uh he might suffer from the fact that he plays for Detroit and they're all shit like I said nobody's yep. going to help you yeah but, I think you're right uh, there um but Houston like you know they've got a decent squad but I think they've got a bunch of guys that that make up a good trade scenario to be honest yeah Eric Gordon being uh probably the, the headliner from that team uh, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of contenders could could use him. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think Rock, they'll be Rockets very active. Could be entertaining. Mm. Um, I mean, the other other teams in the West that we haven't really touched on yet: Portland Trailblazers, uh, 
if I if, you, if, you, if I was to give you a yay or a nay on Dame Lillard seeing the season out as a blazer, what, what do you give me there? Uh, there's no way. He'll, he won't play for them by the end of the year. So he's gone. So we'll yeah. say trade deadline gone. Yeah. What about the Clippers, Streety? What, what, what do you think the Clippers have got in them? Anything? Oh, Kawhi Leonard's injured, so they won't do much. I think if, if, um, if we're being brutally honest, I think the Clippers are contending for a play-in spot from yep. 7 through 10. I yeah, think yeah, they'll absolutely. be in that mix come the end of the year. And yeah. teams in that mix will be Clippers, the Grizzlies, uh, probably the Blazers um, mm. and, you know, toss a coin between maybe the Sacramento Kings and the Warriors. Yeah, or Dallas. Well, no, I think Dallas will be top four. <laughs> no way. No, you're off your face. Oh, well. Well, we always have to agree to disagree on something, don't we? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, very good. All, All right. right, elephant, think, elephant yeah. in the room. Okay. Sixes. Could you have so, so what's happened in the last week with Ben reporting back to yep. Philadelphia, yep. knocked on the door. No one, no, no one knew, knew who was there. Basically, <laughs> what, what a move, eh? Hey? What a move. Maybe went back there with his tail between his legs, realizing that money being withheld is just not worth holding out anymore. Yep. How's this playing out? Like, I, I don't. I think everybody, you know. A lot of people expect him to be traded. You know, some some of the you know the more plugged in analysts around January. Sure. I thought he would have, been, would have been gone already. I thought it would be everybody's interest to trade him now. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously not going to happen. So yeah. I've kind of swung the other way on this. Hmm. What's your take on Benny and the Sixers? When you say you swung the other way, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think he'll be traded, or you th- well, you're saying you saying you think he'll stay with the team? My big storyline of the year. Because mm-hmm. I said we're going to save this towards the end. Oh well, looking you can, back, you, you can wait. But oh, I may as well tell it now because we're on, we're on the we're on the topic. Yeah. So my okay. my big storyline prediction is that Ben and the Sixers make up. They end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. Whoa. I'm not I'm not going as far as saying they make the finals, mm-hmm. but uh, Ben will would redeem himself in some capacity. He's not going to be a great shooter, mm-hmm. uh, and Embiid will win the MVP, and wow. the Sixers will be a top two seed. You reckon? Yeah, that, that's okay. my big take. I, I think Benny, Benny and the Sixers make up after their yeah. potential breakup. Really? Yeah, that's a big call. I mean, look, anything's possible, mate. I mean, after COVID nineteen and the last two years that the world's had, I wouldn't be surprised if anything happened, right? Like, because I mean, yeah, if, if if he's that good and and they can't get a trade for him, mm. and no one's willing to you know to pay, or if people they're not willing to take fifty cents in the dollar or even less. Yeah. Yep, sure. The Sixers go, you know, like we can actually win a championship here. You know, you, sure. we're, we're, yeah. we're good enough. If you if you play, yep. you can actually get yourself out of this hole by being in a winning team. And then if yep. you want out, well, that, well, then let's do it when your stock's high. Mm. Um, and Ben doesn't strike me as, I mean, I, I don't know him at all, mm-hmm. but yeah. I would think if you're a, a competitive all-star level, superstar NBA player, you want to be playing basketball. Sure, you know? yeah, absolutely, Yeah. And, and I just is, wonder how much of this shit's going on as a result of, you know, people in his ear, his management. And I, I think there was an about face and he was like, no, nah, let's go back. Oh, do, you think, do you think him going back to the 76ers shows a bit of a crack between him and his management team, you think? Like, so, you know, because you think that they were the ones that guided him to do it and he's just gone, fuck that, I'm going to go do it anyway. I'm going to go I back think the there. strategy didn't play out how they expected mm. I, th- yeah. I think I think they felt that uh, they could have forced their hand in a trade, mm-hmm. um, 
and potentially because that didn't happen. Mm. Um, you know, Clutch Clutch doesn't have a clean record. They screwed mm. over Nerlens Noel, you know, on, yeah. on a contract deal a while back. Um, so they don't always get it right. Um, mm. You know, and I've I've said in our group chat a couple of weeks ago that uh, you know um, a bit of a smoky story could be Ben, you know, and Clutch parting ways, and you know. Yep, you did say that. Who knows? I did say mm. that. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. That's realistic. But I think the Ben will play right. the season out in the sixes. It'll be, um, you know, you know how people sort of get back together. The trust isn't fully there, but they, they make it work. And then, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that storyline is about as likely to happen as the Mavericks being <laughs> a contender. Right? So, way off so, on both, eh? I couldn't, I, again, I couldn't disagree with you more. I, I do not see that. I can see why. I can see why you would, yeah, that that's a reasonable kind of assumption to make. But um, well, it's no fun if we have the same point of view, is it? No, well, exactly right. But <laughs> but honestly, I think you're an idiot, right? I think generally that 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 won't happen. I I so Ben Simmons is back in Philadelphia, probably for a mix of reasons. First one is is because logically it makes sense. How do you get yourself out of this situation? Well, sitting at home. You're not going to get yourself out of that situation. Philadelphia have already shown that they're not going to basically trade you for 50 cents in the door, right? And that's currently all anybody is offering, right? Um, He reported back to practice today and practiced with the team. Um, And uh, there was a lot of people saying, doesn't like a lot of the players were saying, I don't really care what, what what's happened in the past? Ben Simmons is my friend. He's my teammate. We're professionals, and this isn't seventh grade. We're here to basically play basketball, and we'll do that, right? Yeah, that is what you say to the media when you know that shit's going to blow up soon, anyway, right? And it's pretty telling that somebody like Joel—they haven't put Joel Embiid in front of a microphone since Ben Simmons has been back, yeah. um, and the comments that are being made by Doc Rivers where he's basically saying, well, I don't know what Ben Simmons is doing. I don't know if he's going to play in this team or not, right? I have no idea. Shows me that there is still a huge fracture between Ben Simmons, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, right? And and I don't know anything. I I don't know. I I have no inside information on any of that, but but I I believe from what I observe that that basically shows that, you know, that that's going to basically still be Ben Simmons' thoughts, right? And it, and look, and there'd probably be a big reason why his back mate is the money. No, no doubt about it, right? It's pretty silly to sit at home when, you know, I, I'm suspicious. My big storyline of the year, mate, might be Ben Simmons won't play in the season opener, right? And they'll say that it's because he still hasn't got enough conditioning in his legs. But he may not ever play for the 76ers again. But the more likely scenario is he comes back and plays for them and he plays reasonably well at the level that he was playing at last year in the regular season. And he does that until around about December when every other player in the market is able to be traded. Traded, And, And as teams start to see their seasons slip away, then the, 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 the offerings that they throw at the 76ers get better and better, right? And it might not be that they find the right deal until the trade deadline or maybe even in January, for example. Um, but I'd be highly surprised if Ben Simmons is a 76er by the trade deadline, mate. Right? He's not going to be there. So um, 
It's just not going to happen. You can't. Well, I, you can't make up. Right? I don't mind the roughy bits, so that, that's why I'm. Uh, I've, I've taken the avenue I have here. Maybe <laughs> who knows, right? Like, uh, and if we agreed, we just wouldn't have had that segment there. So I like everything you said. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. You know, this is one of those things that you know there's a vested interest here to see mm. to follow this to play out. But as you know, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake for the Sixers here. You know, like we're talking Dude, that, that window right. to a championship could be slammed shut. You know, and honestly, this like so Ben Simmons not reporting was was going to totally devalue everything else in the franchise. Like they do have a limited window with Embiid. I, it's why I can't believe that they haven't probably made the decision to trade for somebody, trade him earlier, because this has the potential to derail one year of your championship window that can be three years in total. Might only be one. You know, you might yeah. only get one shot at it, mate. So, you know, I, the way, you know, look, and I'm not passing blame to anybody. Like, I'm sure, I think I've said to you before, there'll be a lot of regret over the way this was handled by everybody in once you get the chance to look back on it. Um, but, you know, the stubbornness and some of that, sort of, like, you know, this is a masterclass in contract negotiation when it could be a masterclass in building a, a championship team, right? Yeah. And, and the right. reality is they should put more effort into, into thinking how they can get it done so everybody's satisfied and everyone can move on rather than how they can score points off each other, to be honest. It's also just a lesson in, 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 to an insight in just how fragile egos are mm, in, the, yeah, in, that, in that environment because yeah. you know, they, these guys live in, in a reality that's not known to you know, all but 450 players on the planet. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. you know? um, so we, we can't really relate to you know, their world and then mm. when things happen, you know, obviously the media gets hold of it, it's blown in proportion and then yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, but I think we get we get we get a bit Australians get a get get a bit put off by the way NBA players describe the team environment in the NBA, right? It's not unusual for teammates not to talk to each other, right? And that may be because they have absolutely no problem with each other at all. It's just been because they've got other friends and other people that they 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 talk to more. And it's not yeah. unusual for them to come to practice and not talk to each other. It's not unusual for them to go to games and never say anything to each other except on the floor, right? Um, that's absolutely not unusual. However, it's not sustainable, right? So that the thing is, is that in all of those instances where that has happened, it's not sustainable. And the comments that Joel Embiid made about Ben Simmons and the fact that this team has always been built around him and, I disagreed when we let Jimmy Butler go because I, we needed more shooters for Ben and all that sort of stuff. So fuck him. And the comment that he made where he said, well, um, I wasn't as successful reaching out. Like I tried to reach out to Ben, but I wasn't as successful as my teammates in contacting him. That relationship is done, right? Yeah. They, they're not going to talk to each other. They're not going to make up. And that's why the franchise will eventually trade Ben for sure. Isn't it weird that, you know, you've got grown men just acting like, Kids in a schoolyard. It's yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, it's, it's funny, such a isn't it? Fragile yeah. ego game. It's because they say that you know this isn't. We're not in grade seven or grade eight, so we don't need to talk to each other. Actually, not talking to each other indicates you might be acting like you're in grade seven or grade eight. You know? Yeah. Like how long? Like how long would it take you to go up to somebody? Like you know, after practice and just go, dude, you said what you said. I said what I've said. We all did it. Let's just fucking roll away from it and not worry about it. You know? Like, who really cares? But they Too won't much pride. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just people just aren't willing to sort of, uh, you know, swell well, and just go, well, yeah. great, great, great or good, let's, let's move on. Especially, I think especially when it's, uh, when it's because like, they're athletes and it's such a competitive environment, right? Yeah, that's right. It's not um, in their DNA to actually back down and concede. It's always win, win, win at all costs. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do yeah. that. So based on your um, happy metric for teams, hmm. the, the togetherness, Macca's t- togetherness metric. Yep, yep. Who do you who, who do you have as your two most, from the east and the west, one each? I mean, you, hmm. you said the Nuggets. Um, yep. So two from, most together in terms of a unity on the same page. What you sort of you know see and, and, and read and stuff like that. Obviously, yep. you're not inside the camps, but if you had to take a guess as as, as to the happiest, most together squads, yeah, who are they going to be? Well, I think the happiest and most together squad in the West. So I, I probably wouldn't say the Nuggets are the most happiest and together squad. Um, I from the West, I should say. I I would suggest that probably. Um, it's a it's a mix here in the West. If you're talking about on the rating of who's happier to be together the lakers would be up there because yep. those guys are mates and they've always wanted to play together and i think i think they'll feel like they're going to have a great year but i just don't feel like it'll translate on the court um well, so far it hasn't zero and six in the preseason. yeah yeah absolutely and you know easy and it, look i don't think you read too much into that no. the the second team that i would say probably just shade the lakers in terms of togetherness would be the phoenix suns I think yep. they've got great chemistry. I think they really believe in each other and I think they, they'll fight for each other pretty well. But that's yep. where I believe that it, it won't be DeAndre Ayton being angry with his teammates. It'll be DeAndre Ayton being angry with the franchise and the organisation that might cost yeah. them. Um, they've had a noted tight ass as an owner for many years, Robert Sava. Yeah, yeah exactly. Brutal. Yep, but the, but the absolute all-time team of we're together and we love each other and and this is where we're going to be and we're going to live or die, you know, ride or die by my brothers is the Golden State Warriors in the West. Yeah, yeah. That's they're, they're your all-time chemistry team. That's, you know, I don't know, that's who I see coming out of the West. What about you, anybody, like, in that in that ranking? In, in that department? Um, yeah. I, I'm going to have to go with uh, my top two contenders in that department. They're going to be the Nets and probably the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, as, yeah. as as the happiest the happiest guys. I mean, I've you don't you don't think? Do you think though the Nets? Like I get it. Like the Nets with Kyrie, if he's playing. But do you think like this latest vaccination thing? Surely that's taken a toll on that chemistry. My pre- my preface for that my point there would be Kyrie not part of that squad. Yeah, fair enough. I think if he's not there, those guys have enough there to pull it together. Yeah, they, they they can still be where they want to be without Kyrie, yep. and, and you, so you might take a hit in the talent department, mm-hmm. but I mean there's plenty of guys that that can fill you know spot minutes to, to make up his, his twenty points. There's guys th- three guys that can score you yeah. know seven to ten each a night, um, mm-hmm. but that lack of distraction has to be worth something. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, I've been following a bit of the Nets on social media and all, all their sort of you know appearances and. In Brooklyn, doing their thing, and yeah, they, they they look like a happy bunch of guys. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, look, I think I think they'd be good. And I think and any Hawks, team, any team with Patty Mills, probably have good culture. You know, like he's a real culture driver. So that has to be a, a real big reason of why they signed him. And obviously, Sean Marks is a teammate with him in the Spurs and spent a bit of time in the front office there. Yeah. So he, he would have signed Mills not only for his ability on the court, but what Mills can do off the court, especially uh, in, with in terms Le- of. Yeah, especially with Lamarcus Aldridge back. Back there, yep. 
Yeah. Um, that'll be like Griffin. Be, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, I, I agree with you, mate. I think I think if I was going to put my finger on somebody from a chemistry perspective within that team, that like within that uh, within the East, the Hawks for sure, absolutely. I think they yeah. love playing with each other. Um, yeah. But but the other person that I the other team that I would throw in the mix there is the New York Knicks. I yeah. think they very much are one of their big strengths is their chemistry and fight for each other. Um, yeah. They've I think got some scrappers. Yeah, I think they overachieve on the basis of that, basically. Which is what New York crowds love. It's what New York fans would love to see is a team that just basically gets in there and punches people in the nuts. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Well, I, hope, I hope the Knicks do well because I think when the Knicks do well, the league's in a good good place. Yep, I agree. So, what, what about we wrap it up, Streety, in terms of all of that said and done? The elephant in the room's out. The 76ers are a shit show. doesn't matter what happens. It's an absolute fucking shit show at the moment. So, you know, and it could go anywhere. They they could kiss and make up, like you said, or they could could be all over within a couple of days or weeks or months maybe, right, um, for yeah. them right now. Who is in the NBA finals and who is your MVP? The, the Nets beat the Sixers in six games mm-hmm. to make the finals. Yeah. Embiid has a great, great year. He wins MVP. Luka Doncic second, Kevin Durant third. Kevin Durant comes third because he's uh, because of Kyrie's absence. Yep. He's load managed a bit more. Yep. So he may, you know, of the eighty-two games, he may play sixty-five. Yeah. Sixty. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I think for the Nets, that's probably the smart move. Yep. Um Get, get him. I mean, you saw how good he was in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the West is a little bit harder. Um, I think with all things considered, you know, the Mavericks could, as you say, bomb out, mm-hmm. but they might find themselves being the sons of last year uh, sure. and, and making making all the way to the finals, uh, yeah. sorry, to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have to think that you know, the Lakers with that roster um, definitely can make the West West finals. Yeah. I would be surprised if, if it's a Lakers-Nets finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a pretty wild... Um, I mean, <laughs> I think that if that happened, Right there, you've got your, your highest all-time rated finals uh, after yep. you know, oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the Nuggets slow start minus Jamal Murray um, could be an issue, but then the other thing could be when he comes back, does that create more of an issue? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not fully sold on the Nuggets. Yep. Um, so I think uh, Luca's. I mean, you can't say he's due for a breakout year. We know he's good, but uh, this is an MVP type season for Luca. Yep. So I'm going yeah. to go with the um, the fast track to the conference finals for the Mavs and the Lakers, and the Lakers will make it. Yeah. Okay. All right. They win in. They win that in six. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then finals. Uh, it's it's a tough one. I can't. Um, mm. I'd probably take the Nets in the finals. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're that's all on the predication. Would you put the caveat on that that. Kyrie Irving comes back to the Knicks, or would that happen to the Nets? Sorry, would that happen if if Irving's not back? I think the Nets get there regardless if he plays or doesn't play. That's a big call, mate. He's a pretty big piece of what they do. He's a great player, he's a big piece, but I just think they're they're, they're good enough to, to mm. weather that storm. Yep. Yeah. I think there's enough old heads in that team and enough smart heads, and there's some pretty good culture with their coaches and their front office mm-hmm. that I you know, and I think the stance that they've taken with him, just saying, hey. If you're not, if you're only a part timer, yeah, you're not you're not coming back until you commit full time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously if, you know, if, if he can't, commits to full time and then, you know, goes walkabout again, mm. see you later, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. You know, and then he might retire or they might, I'm not sure what the process is for yeah. winding someone up. Um, but their owner has a lot of money, so they might just yeah. pay him out. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the Nets get there irrespective of whether they have or don't have mm-hmm. Kyrie. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. And, yeah, I, I can't see Kyrie being traded. would be mm-hmm. kind of cool if they uh, had a Simmons for Kyrie trade. Seems yep. like a pretty pretty, pretty logical solution for, for, for all <clears throat> parties there. Yeah, it uh, seems like it. I think what they have to do is just get over. They probably just have to speak to Kyrie and his agent about whether or not he'd stay after a year, you know. Yeah, like, but, like, I mean, if you're going to get not much, 50 cents on the dollar for Ben, what else are you gonna, for two years. What else are you going to get, mate? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be I'd be pulling the trigger on it if it was on the table for sure. Can you I mean, imagine that? Imagine that rivalry, instant rivalry, net sixes. You know, they're yeah. obviously pretty, pretty close. Yeah. So, you know, oh, there's there's a lot going on there that, that you could um. Yeah. Be, be, would be a good battle. You're going to love my prediction for the NBA finals. All right, go for it. The Atlanta Hawks are going to come out of the East, Judy. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to come out of the East because the Nets. Not inconceivable. The Nets are going to have the implosion of all implosions, right? So what's going to happen is Irving, Kyrie Irving, is he's going to get vaccinated and he's going to come back. And he's, but he's going to go AWOL and missing throughout the season, right? And that's going to build pressure and tension. James Harden's going to hog the ball. Kevin Durant's going to get the shits and Steve Nash is not going to be able to control it. And it's going to all implode in the Eastern Conference Finals when they're down 2-0 to the Hawks and Durant doesn't get the play call that he wants from Steve Nash and he's going to blow up the Lux. Because they're a Scotty Pippen. He's going to pull a Scotty Pippen and not go into the game. Right. Joe Harris hit, hit, hits the winning shot or misses it? <laughs> misses, misses the winning shot and the Nets go down in flames. Right. This isn't. There's no fairy tales here. They don't. The nets. The nets aren't as kissed on the dick as what the Bulls were, mate. So. Yeah. By the basketball <laughs> gods. So the nets are going to crash and burn in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Hawks are going to roll them in six. Right. Oh yeah. To make the finals. Now. There you go. I told you before. Denver Nuggets, mate. They're coming out of the West. Right. Yeah. And they're going to steamroll the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I'd, I'd like the Nuggets more if they change their friggin' shirts. I hate their, their uniform. I don't. I don't like yeah. watching them yeah. because their uniforms are, Shit. by and large, mm. the worst uniforms in the whole league. All of them. They, they stink. Change it up. Go back to the rainbow jerseys. Do something. But their current ones, they're hard to watch with their crappy, minimalistic. You know, they look shit. They're terrible. That's a that's a big call when you get to something. Someone like the Pelicans. They got a pretty bad uniform. They're not very good. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'll look heaps better when they're wearing supersonics across their chest. I always think uh, Charlotte, Charlotte's uniforms, I think, because they try to go away from the old, you know, the teal and rainbow colours like of Larry Johnson's days. Well, they're, they're, uh, kind of, they're kind of back to them. I mean, they've got a, they've got a pretty – we should rank all, all the 1 all through the 30 best uniforms, but Charlotte's yeah. black alternate Buzz City uniform is, is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, true. I Like um, I, the Nets uniforms are pretty red hot. I like the oh. Nets uniforms. They're, they're surely they're winning you. Winning I mean, the Nets have no excuse for being the most marketable, funky, fashionable team oh. in, in, the, in the whole league. 
mate, coming from Brooklyn, and, you know, the hipster, oh. like, mate, seriously, yeah. they've got to get there. So, and and there, I mean, I've been to their arena to watch a game. It's an unbelievable basketball stadium. Is it? It's a yeah, really okay. cool place to watch a game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they've got it all going on. If they're not up there in the top, but that that's my tip for the finals, mate. The Nuggets and the Hawks, and it's a it's a it's a it's not a popular one. I'm sure there'll be a lot of feedback about it, but well, probably not because no one really listens. But but there'd be a lot of feedback on it across the board if people knew. That's what what I was saying. I think. Yeah. I think the Nuggets and the Hawks, mate, and it, I'm happy to be held accountable for it at the end of the season. No, um, that's definitely more of a, a tantalising, exciting. Um, I think I took the easy road there by going the uh, Lakers and Nets. Um, you know. <laughs> but, you made, but you made Donkey, Don, Donkey, Donkey, Donkic. Will he'll take the MVP award out? Yep. But that's all that the, that the Mavs. No, are no, in. I've, I've got Embiid as MVP. Donkic second. No, I've got Doncic as the MVP. Oh, oh, MVP. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think he'll win the MVP because I don't think it'll go to Embiid because I think he'll have a stinker of a year without Ben Simmons. Yeah, well, I think Ben Simmons will, will kiss and make up, at, yeah. at least on the court. You know, I, 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 I have to think that when those blokes step on the court... They'll know, make up for a little while. They'll make up for a little while. And they don't need to get along to, to make up on the court. That's fine. No, he's got to grab rebounds, shoot, pass... Shoot more, but he, um, but he won't. He won't have. It's going to be a lot different defensively for Joel Embiid when you don't have Ben Simmons patrolling the perimeter and stopping guard penetration. And it's clearly been a lot different for him during the preseason when you don't you don't have uh, Ben Simmons running the offense. And it will all go through Joel Embiid, which might be why he wins the MVP. But if he wins the MVP, I tell you, if, if Embiid wins the MVP, then the 76ers will be lucky to get a top four seed. Okay, because they're How often not. You see an MVP come come from four or lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, Matisse Thybul. Well, you'll you'll might get might it this the, year. Uh, you'll get it this year when the Mavericks yeah. do it with Doncic. Well, I mean, you know, the, the league has a, a fair bit of parity, so we, we may not see you know the the, mm. the top three teams having a 60, 57, 58 wins. Oh, um, look, honestly, like that. It, it, this year's like it's an easy year for me to come up with a wild and crazy scenario like the Hawks versus the Nuggets because it could all happen. Like that's not as crazy as what it sounds because the reality is it's such a close race this year. Yeah. And like anything, COVID, health, this whole vaccination thing, you know, America, as much as they're opening up, they still have a lot of cases, you know. So right now the biggest biggest story in the NBA would have to be Kyrie Irving, right? And very yep. closely followed by Ben Simmons in the 76ers. They may be on par. What do you think when we look back on the year, Streety, will be the biggest storyline that will define the season? Ooh. Um, okay. It will be players mm. not wanting to... I think a story will come out that the NBA may mandate boosters. Booster injections, yeah, and I think that storyline of players saying, "Hey, you know, enough's enough. You know, we're we're vaxxed. We we don't need a booster. We're fit and healthy." So mm-hmm. I think that has a potential. Whether that's yeah. right or wrong, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but I I could I could foresee that as you know, the NBA going the route of saying, "Well, you know, we need to have booster shots now." And then like, you know, when 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 is this going to stop? You know, like yeah. Yeah, you know, and the, the players union might get involved, and they might say, "Well, we don't know the long term effects of this mm. um, on on elite athletes." So, yeah. 
you know, better the devil you know than the better, better the devil you don't. So yeah. That, yeah. That, that could be an issue. I'm pulling pulling something out of the clouds there. No, but, no. Uh, I, actually, I agree with you, to be honest. I, that, that would probably be – that would probably have been my um, – Okay. My, like, as in – what I think the biggest storyline of this year will be will be vaccinations, right? And it yeah. it'll be it'll be Kyrie Irving not playing, but it, but the biggest storyline as this year develops, I think, will be the difference between teams that have got a lot of players vaccinated versus ones that don't, and and the way that impacts the team camaraderie and 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 performance because of the impact of the restrictions that are on unvaccinated players. Um, yeah. So do you I buy think. the figure that they're giving that 95% of the players are vaccinated? No, no, I no. don't. Not when, not, not when you consider that only 50% of the country is. Um, generally, I would have thought these things would have probably followed a fairly similar pattern. They might get a slightly higher rate. They might be at 75%, but, I, but I don't believe that over 95% would be vaccinated. I think there's a lot of people that haven't had to say anything. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think it's that right. I don't think it's right. So. Watch this space, though. There's all, I mean, there's always something, right? There's always something, you know, who, who yep. a couple of years ago could have predicted that a, a pandemic would derail two seasons of the, of yep. the NBA. Absolutely. One of them yeah. you'd play, you know, with, uh, with no crowds in, hmm. in, in a Disney resort. Yeah. People were like, what? What are you and then the next one yeah. where you play half a season with no crowd and then you've got players missing games for this yep. and that. And... Yep, definitely. Well, that's and that's where I think you will still see players missing games and all that sort of stuff. I think it'll come down to, you know, it'll be a big impact, mate. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be – that'll be the storyline of the, of the season still, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Big time. Nice. Good uh, one. Well, good okay. episode. Good stuff. Thanks, mate. I'm going to end this um, session on the iPad. All right, buddy. I'm recording a bit of a different way tonight. So uh, if uh, if you're listening to this and you didn't hear any intro music, it's because the limitations of adding music to an iPad um, yeah. Zoom upload um, has presented itself. Yeah, largely um, because we can't figure out how to do it. So That's but, right. Yes, it's a lack of education on, on working an iPad with Zoom and adding music. Absolutely. But anyway, well, um, go the Nuggets. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> listen to this before the season starts, and then because um, you won't listen to it once it started, and then <laughs> uh, we'll look back on this and then see just how wrong we were. Exactly. Good on. Alrighty, thanks, guys. We'll catch you later. Thanks, Freddie. See you guys.